she said, Deacon from a land down under, where women glow and men thunder. Can't you hear, can't you hear the thunder? Yeah. You better run, you better take cover. Yeah. You better run, you better take cover. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Sidearm Nation podcast, a unique baseball podcast. Today, we have FNBA legend Trevor Almer. Thanks for coming on, Trevor. No problem. Happy to be here. I guess first things first, Trevor, could you just talk to us a little bit about kind of what baseball looked like for you growing up? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I guess uh, for me, probably compared to every other guest you've had, including curlers and uh, football players i probably have the lowest fast twitch muscle fiber content of <laughs> any guy ever on your show so uh i actually i actually started uh yeah playing baseball back home uh, small town saskatchewan um we kind of end up uh usually playing age group baseball as well as we then typically where i'm from we would join uh, senior baseball at about 14 so uh early on early on uh even got to pitch to my dad my dad was my catcher at uh, 14 when i when i first started playing senior baseball it's a lot of uh country hardball where you call it a back catcher uh back there not a lot of coaching uh but a lot of good athletes a lot of guys who are good at multiple sports and uh our, our senior league actually back there is still big even now. I think 20-some teams uh, in the Regina area. So uh, that's kind of it for me. I, I, I guess n- normally, normally you ask uh, a bunch about uh, when guys drop down, and it's always later in their career when they kind of topped out. But for me, it was about age 12 because <laughs> – Back to that no fast twitch muscle fiber. I just didn't throw hard, so I sort of had to uh, had to mix it up a lot uh, to have any success at any age, really. And it it felt pretty comfortable for for yourself when you started throwing from there. Uh yeah. Like I guess p- part of that sort of sort of country hardball style that we had back there. There there was guys like from around guys that played with my dad, like there was guys throwing from every angle. There was submariners, there was straight over the top guys throwing what back there was called a drop ball, but really a 12, six curve there. There was guys like really without, without coaching and without much access to like watching a lot of like major league baseball back in the day. I think guys just developed whatever they had to, to get guys out. And, uh, like we were playing on, we were playing on fields that were basically a cow pasture that, that guys then broke the ground for an infield. We played in a town called Finlater. It was like true black dirt with rocks in it. Every, all the time you're playing the infield, you're picking up like rocks, the size of a hockey puck and throwing them off the field. And, you know, like we're playing there against in a tournament on a weekend against Moose Jaw, which would have like, Ryan Anholt and Curtis Brown, who were like two of the best hitters on youth team Canada at the time, like just night and day difference uh, playing baseball growing up there. 
versus here. My boy's nine now, and he plays on like the Stanley Park Diamond, which uh, a guy in Calgary named Mike Rose, I believe, donated a bunch of money to get that built. Or there's like nice side diamonds all over the city that Brent Allardyce has donated money towards. And, and uh, you know, now uh, Dr. Weber's building some fields right out by our house here. Yep. And it's just night and day different <laughs> what he's going to experience. Like he he's played under the lights at age nine. Uh, it was the biggest deal ever for me at about 16 when I finally got to play under the lights in Regina. It's just, it's just, uh, and, and as far as, as far as coaching, like I, I grew up not having a coach really ever who knew anything about pitching uh, really until I, I ended up living in Brandon, Manitoba and played in the MSBL, which would be comparable to the Sask major baseball league back in your day playing there where I had a, I had a teammate named Jeff Weeb who understood pitching. I think at one point he actually threw back to back, no hitters in, in uh, NAI baseball and ended up playing for the gold eyes. And, and uh, he, he taught me probably more about pitching than any coach I've ever had. And uh, that's kind of going from, Going from kids baseball and senior baseball back home to moving there, it was a night and day, a night and day difference in, in I guess the the details of baseball. Um, so that 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 was kind of really where I I guess I got I got better the most, but I also could barely get by uh, on my on my talent there. That was that was kind of topping out for me um, <laughs> as far as my skill could take me, I guess. <laughs> and then Trevor, do you have any mechanical tips for dropping down? Um, I guess because I, I never was coached at all. Uh, Jeff, I, I ended up probably developing anything I developed just through massive repetition. So I would say probably I've thrown, I don't know, 20, 30,000 pitches in my, in my life. Now I'm 44 and I've been playing senior baseball for 30 years. And, and I would guess that my front foot's never landed in the same place twice Okay, out of those 30,000 pitches. <laughs> and, and my, my arm angles never been exactly the same twice. Uh, I, I know you had, uh, it was DJ Carrasco on and he, he advocated for, for mixing up arm angles kind of the whole way. That was how he built his career. And that's kind of been the same for me. I've never, I've never actually gone to full submarine or sidearm, but my natural arm angles gone down over the years. I think as you get older, it, it's easier on the shoulder just to keep going a little bit lower, a little bit lower. But uh, yeah, I, I would say mechanically, I probably am the wrong guy to ask just because I just have gone out and done it really where the ball ends up is kind of what tells me what I did right or wrong. Um, generally try to generally try to keep the kind of submarine or side slider to the outside of the plate on righties Start it on the outside corner and get them to chase and then can run back a run back a fastball on the outside corner that kind of, you know, tunnels the same, uh, as that outside slider. But, uh, as far as mechanics, uh, I, I don't have any details, but I, 
I would say just do just do thousands and thousands of reps, right? Until you you find what feels right and what works for you. No, which also though is good advice, Trevor. Though I mean, just that repetition, and I think that's something as as you get older. Like, hopefully, you can almost do it blindfolded with your mechanics. I mean, easier said than done, but obviously, with repetition and knowing your body, that that will definitely come easier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think it's it's going to be tough on on kids who grow up playing now with the strict pitch limits and things like that. I think without doing a little bit of pitching outside of your, your allowable game limits, it's going to be tough to develop, not, not only feel for your own pitches, but also feel for the game. Like you, you know, I, I guess everybody you have on this, on this pod knows you, you can tell kind of two pitches ahead a lot of times what you're, what you're going to throw. Right. And that's, you, you know, this pitch, you don't care what happens on it. Cause you know, it's just setting up the next pitch kind of thing. Yeah. And I think that that's all stuff that you, you only gain with game experience. And, you know, my, my boy being in, in little league, some, some days you're trying to save him for the next day and he's only allowed to throw 20 pitches. Well, you can't even get, you can't even get deep into an at bat to think about stuff like that. Right. And I mean, he's not at the point where he's setting up pitches with different pitches. Now it's more cross your fingers and, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, across on your chest and hope he throws strikes that day kind of thing. But, but uh, over time, I think you, even any youth baseball now with, with those pitch limits, you, you got to find a way to do stuff out, outside of, outside of that to, to get your own feel. Right. Yeah, no, Absolutely. And I guess Trevor, uh, what pitches do you throw? Uh, I typically from from my higher arm angle, which keeps dropping, as I said, but maybe it's three quarter now. I throw a I throw like a running two seamer, and then a slurvy uh, breaking ball. I guess a little more, little more maybe, uh, kind of ten and five ish from from the higher angle, and then a, and then a couple different grips of changeup uh over over 30 years of of senior I've never found a a changeup that I love so I still monkey with it all the time and then uh and then I kind of throw a little bit from the straight side too maybe like once in a while slider fastball from there and then and then submarine uh same thing just a slider fastball I've never I've never found a changeup that I like from down there, but, uh, and more, more of the, more of the submarine and side breaking stuff to righties, obviously being a righty myself. And then, uh, to lefties, I'll I'll just mix in kind of, I'll mix in those breaking balls just as a waste pitch. I kind of, I don't have enough on the ball or enough sharp break to, uh, to risk throwing a lot of those side side frisbees into uh, lefties, that's uh, probably a recipe for disaster. And then, Trevor, what is your favorite part about pitching from the lower arm slot? Um, I guess for me, it's being able to pitch at at a higher level, probably or higher success rate than I would without. Um, like I, I hear, I hear, I guess a lot of guys. Um, in our in our league in the FMBA, like 
it's it's a lot different than than the guy most of the guys you're talking to, right? And the guys you're talking to are throwing in pro ball and they're saying that they hear lots of guys just hate facing them, right? Like, and it would be the same for you playing pro ball, like getting that getting that side sling going from the side. Guys are guys are not looking forward to facing that, right? Yes. Where where for me, that's not me at all. Like I think everyone's excited to face me. <laughs> really uh until in the end they're walking back to the dugout right and i i must lead the world and guys walking back to the dugout saying like just miss that one or or like this guy's throwing nothing and, and it, it's worked for me for 30 years and i guarantee it wouldn't have worked for me for 30 years if if i was just throwing over the top i I'd, I'd have been done baseball a long time ago and same same thing when I played in the in the the better league, right? The MSBL. It was you know I had to mix it all in just to be there, right? If I I actually had one season there where I kind of threw a lot less from the side, and I I don't actually know why like why I did that that year, but that was my only real non successful year in that league was I didn't mix in enough side and sub and. Uh, the next year I, I figured out that that's what I had done and I, and I changed that and, uh, was back to, back to having pretty good success. So, so I guess, yeah, here's a, here's a good example of the, uh, just missed it. So this one maybe wasn't a true, just missed it, but, uh, but we were playing in the playoffs. I think the year the guns won the FNBA and we were in the first round and up by a couple runs, we only had a couple pitchers and I, I was <laughs> running out of steam and uh and you know the the middle of the the dust devils order was kind of murderers row there they had uh trevor freeman and and tristan wall and they had a couple guys ahead of them that could get on base and one of those guys got on and uh first pitch to tristan uh i think you played with tristan maybe on the vipers as well did you um, I played with them kind of on a men's league team, like kind of when the dinos were, but uh, Tristan played in the Canadian baseball league, I guess. They oh, okay. Or, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what it was. Yeah. But, uh, really good hitter in the FNBA anyway. And, yes. and, uh, he, he fouls off the first pitch. I, I pitch him and him and, uh, Marv Freeman so careful, like basically outside black to a foot outside. Like I, those guys can murder it. Right. So, um, first pitch is like a you know a good six inches outside and Tristan fouls it off out of play and uh the umpire must have not been a pitcher or had just no feel because he he must have thrown me a ball back out that looked new but someone must have just fetched it out of the out of the grass behind it it, it must have weighed six and a half or seven ounces and I, and I just started giggling and, and uh I I just threw the softest curveball like starting inside and finishing right down the middle and I could just see Tristan's eyes light up and he hits it and he goes yep right right after he hits it and it was a good 40 feet from the fence like the left fielder didn't even have to back up and uh and Tristan's running out to first base and he's just going what So just thanks to that ump for that one. It was uh it was basically a freebie. And I, I've never told Tristan about that. So if he listens to this, uh I'll... tough luck, bud, but you can blame the umpire for that one. <laughs> Actually, something I remember though, Trevor, like, do you remember the home run that I hit off you? 
I remember lots of home runs getting hit <laughs> off me, but I think I do remember that actually. And I think it was, uh, I think it was a down under uh, fastball that was supposed to be a uh, six inches outside and was not six inches outside. <laughs> if I remember right, usually the lefties too, I throw a lot more from kind of three quarters or a little higher, but uh, once a guy, once a guy's got that figured out, I don't have a lot of options left. So I think, I think I tried to come from down under and just, you know, when you just leave those ones and you know, they're coming back right across the plate, but I definitely remember that. (laughs) Yeah. I I was doing long drive back then. So like I was actually just training for long drive and swing speed and like it it weirdly helped my hitting in baseball. So I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's the same, same muscles, right? Same, same torsion, same twist. So uh, that would make a lot of sense for sure. I, I remember the first, the first pitch I threw in the FMBA too, like back in must've been 2005 in the summer. I, I was playing for a team called the Royals that only existed for one year once I was there, but uh, it was aluminum bat league still. And I just wanted to start a guy off with a fastball down the middle and the guy just hit it to downtown. Like it, it was a good, it was a good 500 footer off aluminum bat and they, like the guy just had a beautiful swing. He was in balance and swung harder than I've ever seen and just murdered the ball. It, tur- it turned out it was uh, Mike Schleckaway, I think was his name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so a very good hitter, but uh, I, I maybe started a few more guys off with some off speed stuff after that. That was my welcome to the FMBA. Yeah. Mike played Div one, so he could definitely hit a little there, bit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Usually those guys struggle with the uh, 70 mile an hour fastballs, but he did not. He was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and you touched on the FNBA, like even just with our collegiate summer team, uh, you definitely did that to our hitters. I think a lot of them <laughs> would go back to the dugout and yeah, be confused what just happened. <laughs> yeah. And I've got, I've kind of got away with that for a lot of years in a lot of different leagues now. And, I, I guess not. I'm to the point now where I guess I just understand that it is, it is possible. Like I probably at, at the best of best of my throwing back in the you know early 20s, I was maybe throwing maybe touching 80. Like I know at at some Team Saskatchewan camp stuff, I I would I would get you know just break into the 80s, and that you know that was not enough to do anything as a right-handed pitcher, but with mixing angles and I actually had pretty good movement on, on just about everything um, that it kind of allows you to, to succeed. Right. So um, I guess it's, it's probably the same for a lot of your guests, guys who made the major leagues, probably same thing. They got to play at a higher level than they would have without, without dropping down. Right. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And, you know, even honestly, like some guys like, you know, Ben Rowan and RJ Swindle, um, definitely guys that don't light up the radar gun, but it's fun to see those guys make it to the bigs. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> even, even the non, even the non side guys, like yes. it, it's kind of, it's such a, it's such an anomaly. And so everybody roots for that guy, right? Except in the FNBA, nobody root, nobody roots for me as they're <laughs> as they're frustrated by facing me. But but really, like all, all those guys, like everyone loves a Jamie Moyer, right? Like a, a guy yep. that's yep. dumping it in there at seventy nine in the major leagues is crazy, right? 
same. I remember back in the day, I was a, I was always amazed by Brian Lawrence. I don't know if you remember that name. He was more of a just yeah. below three quarter maybe guy, but yeah, a righty chucking at eighty four and <laughs> and had like two feet of sink on it on his fastball, right? So you, you know, it, it's kind of it's inspiring, I think, for people as well. That oh just yeah. To, Absolutely. Even like Greg Maddox was just a blast to watch for me. Tom oh, Lavin yeah. being a lefty, like just those guys just made it. That was pitching, right? And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, kind of getting a little bit of a lost art, I think, a little bit. I mean, that's where I just want to kind of ask you, like, what do you, what's your thoughts on kind of the pitching today with more velo, velo, and all that stuff now? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of that too, Jeff, is just like training and, and, advances in in how guys do things like i actually think probably if jamie moyer was a 20 year old today he he could get it to throw hard too where just by some of you know there's the weighted ball programs there's even just having access to all of the high speed kind of camera stuff like guys are guys are just able to get the most out of what they have now and i mean not for myself. I, I never even played baseball in, in college or anything. So I like, I assume if I just went to, you know, a, an NAIA school back in right out of high school, I, I probably would have got it up to mid eighties as well, just by throwing every day where, where guys, guys now are, it's a different story. They're starting with probably a natural, 1980s base of 93 miles an hour 92 but they throw 100 right <laughs> it's just they like all the different stuff that's a, that's available to you just can't help but make everybody inch a little bit better right and i i i like i love seeing a guy throw 104 105 like to me it's bonkers but it's it's really cool too right like it just makes me think I would sure love to try that. Like for one day, I'd like to, I'd like to switch into, you know, into somebody's, somebody's body that can throw 105 just to experience that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was for, I got up to 91 and I was kind of that 84, 87 lefty and like 91 is like, that's not very fast anymore. That's right. But, but back then that was, that was rarefied air back then. Right? The lefty, in the nineties. Uh, now, now that's, that's a good change up now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, and guys that just maintain that, right? Like in the eighth inning, they're hitting 101 or their sliders 90. Yeah. It's, it's bonkers. It's so, it's so fun to watch, but I mean, yeah, it just makes it, it just makes it even more, uh, kind of out of reach or more more of a pipe dream for anyone that that you know if you're not born with you know like they say on bull Durham, lightning lightning in your arm it's uh it's you're you're almost because you gotta have that base of 90 to get to 100 right yeah where my base my base was 79 and now it's 69 or whatever it is it, it ain't happening <laughs> You're not doing driveline over the winter here? <laughs> no. You know what? Like I, I I it would be really fun to try, but uh just to just to do anything like that, right? Like get on a program, but I've just never never made the never made the time or priority, I guess, because you know, I can still I can still get out 
half of the FNBA, I guess, with the with the slop that I'm dishing in there. I think the the Calgary Cardinals put it best the one year I was I was uh, pretty high in the Cardinal Cup standings on their website, <laughs> despite being on another team. But uh, they called me the Muffin Tosser, <laughs> and 100 fair. <laughs> And then Trevor, you're a member of the Manitoba Baseball Hall of Fame. With I guess is that uh, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, the Brandon Marlins. Like when I when I came there, the Brandon Marlins were a pretty new organization, and uh, there was a guy Neil Andrews who uh, kind of created the team, did so much for baseball in, in that city, and uh, he was our coach manager. Um, great guy, like deep love of baseball. And we had a great group of guys. Like it was a really young team. When I got there, I was kind of right in the mid age range of the team. And it was maybe like, we always had some 16, 17 year olds. And, you know, the core of the team was in their early twenties at the time we had, we had a Wiley vet, uh, Andy Bohm, who's, who does some pitch coaching for, uh, uh, baseball Canada, I believe. Um, and yeah, we, uh, we, for in a, in a kind of five year stretch that I played, we won provincials and went to nationals, uh, three times. And, and yeah, as a team, we were inducted into, uh, the Manitoba baseball hall of fame a few years ago. And, and I mean, what a, what a fun time. Like I hadn't seen these guys hadn't been back to Manitoba for 10, 12 years and, and got to, got to go back took a bus from Brandon out to Morden where the hall of fame is had a, just a, just a great night and, you know, sharing old stories and, and uh, yeah, it was, it, it was quite a, quite an honor for me too. like uh, a guy that throws 69 now, <laughs> it probably did, did not expect to be part of any team in any hall of fame anywhere for sure. But, uh, but yeah, it was a very, uh, it was a very well-run organization and it was definitely the highlight of my, my baseball career, just, uh, you know, a, a professionally run organization. We were on, you know, local cable access in Brandon. Our, our home games were broadcast. We were on the, the front page of the Brandon sun newspaper in the summer when the week Kings were not in season, we were <laughs> kind of the next thing to fill some, fill some space. And, uh, there were some writers there that really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed uh, baseball. Like we're big baseball guys, sports nuts. So uh, they, they gave us a, a lot of coverage and, you know, just even having our, our buddy Trevor Ross back there was, uh, was uh, the laundry guy for the, the brand new Bobcats hockey team. And then later the Wheat Kings. And he was, he was uh, part of our team in the summer. And so you would, you know, just, ha- I was, I was used to like, same uniform five games in a row till it became too ripe to stand anymore where there it was like, yeah, put your, put your uniform in this, in this bag and next game you show up and the uniforms hanging in your locker and just uh, to go from, you know, playing on dirt fields with uh, (laughs) dirt fields with rocks to, to that was uh, a pretty cool experience for me for sure. And then also, Trevor, you represented Canada in Hong Kong. You came over to the Hong Kong Invitational. Could you talk to us a little about Hong Kong? Uh, yeah, I uh, I was a member of uh, member of a team with a bunch of good guys. I had just uh, 
finished pitching against uh, you guys, the Diamondbacks in the, in the league final. I think that's uh, maybe the last time, the last time the, the guns have won a series until this year, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we hung on and won the league final. And I guess, uh, I guess uh, ended up getting a call from, uh, from the Diamondbacks to, to join this Hong Kong baseball invitational we we probably overbuilt our team quite a bit added a couple couple really good players from the east coast and from bc and one guy from uh from kansas or missouri i can't remember yeah and uh it, it became we we showed up for the first game and uh quickly realized we were going to win the tournament and without uh <laughs> without much uh pushback so it ended up being uh you know, the, the nine guys that were the least, the least, uh, worn out from the night before ended up playing most games. I got to mix in some positions and it was probably okay that I only needed to pitch one game because I couldn't, the baseballs there were so slippery on the cover. I, and the seams were so low, I couldn't even make the ball curve. So pretty much undid anything I had going for me. So the, the, the guys we played from Taiwan there when I, when I threw ended up facing 71 miles per hour of straight balls, which is uh, typically not a recipe for success. So, but so much fun. And uh, it was great meeting all the Brent Coopers and, and uh, hanging out with the boys. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I love recruiting. It's definitely one of my strengths in baseball. And I, I did that for that tournament and probably realized yeah. that I didn't need to. But... <laughs> you don't know until you get there though, right? So No, absolutely. Was, uh, like, and you know, yeah. we were playing ta- Taiwan and, uh, you know, some other countries and definitely yeah. age is a very strong baseball, you know. Yeah. Continent. But uh, yeah, that tournament was not as strong as what I think we were all thinking, but it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Well, the, the, the one, the one pitcher that we did face that was tough was the guy that shook so much rosin into his hands every pitch that there is the ball was actually coming out of a cloud of rosin. That I always remember that. That was that was pretty entertaining. Yeah, and I believe he played kind of high level pro ball in Taiwan, and he threw a little yeah. decently well. But yeah, a lot yeah. of the other guys in the tournament, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then Trevor, you come from a little bit of a hockey background, right? You got some family <laughs> members that have played pro hockey. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I have a couple of cousins that uh, both played uh, over twenty years of of pro hockey. They both played at uh, University of North Dakota. Uh, the one the one brother played some NHL games with the Rangers. Uh, scored a goal on Dominic Hasek. He's a he's a pretty common uh, podcast guest himself in the hockey podcast circuit. Just he's got such a such a life as a hockey nomad, uh, played in every league everywhere. And uh, yeah, Jeff Fulmer is his name, and then his brother Jason, uh, also very good hockey player, played uh, pro for yeah twenty some years, including you know AHL to Europe. And uh, he's Jason's coaching now at University of North Dakota as an assistant coach, and Jeff is coaching in uh, Abbotsford for Vancouver's AHL team now as an assistant coach. So, and then I got a one of my brothers uh, played Division One college hockey as well. Uh, he's still a really good player. He's a sales guy in Calgary here, and and uh, dominates <laughs> dominates some of the old man leagues around here uh, as well. And 
yeah, my, my other two brothers are good at hockey as well. I'm, I'm kind of the best in my family at basically pitching and then uh, math and physics maybe. <laughs> and, the, and the other brothers are all better at everything else. So uh, I got two brothers still in Regina and they, uh, they've kind of just got away from playing senior ball. Now the youngest one's still playing, helping run the team. And uh, he's a, he's a really good, uh, really good home run hitter, plays some shortstop pitches. And then the, uh, the third brother also just kind of finished playing. He was more of an all around guy could kind of do anything uh, in, in baseball as well. And both of those guys were really good senior hockey players back home as well. And then Trevor, it's just time for our ninth inning call to the bullpen. So it's just going to be some random questions just to learn a little bit more about you. Awesome. Favorite NHL team? I guess I have to say St. Louis Blues. I was a big uh, Brett Hall fan back in the day. And, uh, you know, once once he left St. Louis and made his way around the league a little bit, I uh, stopped following St. Louis. But that, that's that been my team for the longest time. So I still I still keep an eye on uh, on St. Louis. They typically have a pretty high content of uh, Western Canadian guys on the on the team as well. So that'd be my team. Favorite travel destination? Uh, Hong Kong was pretty fun, I guess, but uh, probably in the end, uh, my wife and I actually spent like a nice 10-day vacation in Rome at one point and uh, took it kind of easy. We didn't do the ram everything in in three days and, you know, wheel around the city on a bus. We did it slow and it it was a great way to experience Rome. We just kind of would pick one thing to go see in the morning, one thing to go see in the afternoon, did a lot of slow walking around the city, a lot of stopping for coffee or wine or, or pizza or whatever. And it, that, that was really fun. Um, and a really neat place. Like you just seeing some things, you know, thousands of years old where the oldest structure you could see in Calgary is 120 years or so, something like that. Right. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, it's kind of neat to see Europe that way. Um, we also really loved, uh, we were, we were in Nova Scotia and PEI at, at one point and just the, the people there remind me of the people in small town, Saskatchewan, like same kind of people. They just talk a little different and they serve you scallops the size of a hockey puck instead of beef. And, but really just the same outgoing friendly people that, that really care, uh, about others it, it, it was uh that was a great experience as well played a few rounds of golf on pei as well it, it, that was a great place to visit as far as canadian destinations all-time favorite professional wrestler uh ricky the dragon steamboat for sure when he'd get thrown over the top rope and he'd hang on with his hands and then and then uh lift himself basically back over the ropes like from hanging there, most impressive thing for sure. He was so cool. All time favorite baseball movie. Uh, I think it's Bull Durham. I, I, I just love all the, uh, all the interaction between the, uh, the kind of bench coach <laughs> and the team and, uh, and definitely the catcher pitcher stuff. Uh, I'm, I would consider myself more of a, more of a bit of a cerebral pitcher, I guess, than Nuke Lelouch. <laughs> He'd be the opposite of me, but I just love the kind of, you know, the, the wily vet imparting wisdom on, on the young guy and, you know, 
everybody really caring about their teammates. Uh, I, I found it to be so, so realistic and just, uh, just a great show. Yeah. And it's definitely an interesting movie to kind of watch like after you're done playing and like <laughs> <laughs> they, they did a pretty good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. And Trevor, if you could golf or have dinner with any three people dead or alive, who would you like to go with? Uh, I would say, I would say Greg Maddox for sure. Just, uh, you know, there's a 90% chance he'd probably let your shoelaces on fire partway through the round, but, uh, <laughs> you can, it's supposed to be just a great guy, funny. And, uh, and I know he's a, a serious golfer as well. Um, he would be great. Uh, Brett Hall for sure. Um, just, uh, seems like the most fun guy, even, even still, right. I bet he hits it a mile and I bet he'd gas about 20 during the round. Probably I'd have to give him a ride home after get some extra time, get a couple stories. And then, uh, John Daly, I think if you got to have a golfer in there, I think John Daly would be the bread hole of, of golf. I think so. He would be a riot. He, like today, John Daly or 20 year ago, John Daly wouldn't, wouldn't care. I think it would be a riot. Yeah, no, that, that, I, that's a good foursome. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I thought about adding uh, uh, Pat Burrell. One of my brothers got to golf with Pat Burrell, the, the least the least baseball brother. And he was texting us like, <laughs> what? Who, who is this guy? You guys heard of Pat Burrell? And we start texting back right away, like all, all these stuff. Like, yeah, the yeah, the machine or yeah, like Pat the bat. And he, he had no idea any of these stories till after he played with him. But I think. It sounded like it was uh, Pat Burrell was as as advertised for sure. So it, it would have been uh, it would have been a riot. I'm I'm sure my, I'm sure that was one of the more fun rounds of my brother's uh, my brother's golf life too. Uh, any particular course, Trevor? Uh geez, you know what I'd like is if it was if it was those three guys, it probably any of the courses around here when it's like one of the. Uh, oil and gas industry tournaments that I play in that <laughs> takes about seven hours to play the round and then another four hours for the dinner after. I, I think the more time I could squeeze out of those guys, the better, but there's a million, so many nice courses around here. I've been so lucky to get to play some of them, even in the last couple of years, uh, Banff Springs is great. Uh, like where was I just recently? um Pritis Pritis is just in mint condition all the time played Stewart Creek actually a really nice course too is uh Crow's Nest Pass I got to play this year okay that uh is very beautiful so any of those but really let's make it an industry oil and gas tournament where I get like 11 hours with these three guys you could be an Olympian in any sport winter or summer what sport would you like to do Trevor Oh, I would pick hockey in, in a heartbeat. I think, uh, I, I just think it would be so cool that it, uh, I know, I actually know a few guys, one of the guys on one of my beer league teams now, Mark Astley, he played in, uh, in the Olympics for team Canada before it was, uh, before it was NHL guys. And he went on to play in the NHL, but anybody, anybody that's, uh, that's got to play hockey in the Olympics, that's got to rank high on their list professional or or amateur right i think uh it's kind of the the big the big sport of the winter olympics as well and uh well really i ideally i would be playing the olympics in hockey in the next olympics when it's nhlers and that would mean i'm about a 12 million a year d-man 
<laughs> that would be really good. And Trevor, favorite sidearm or submarine pitcher of all time? Um, I actually like uh, Chad Bradford. I, I'm an Oakland A's fan. Yeah. And uh, you, as far as sidearm goes, love Dennis Eckersley back in the day. He's kind of that low, low three quarter, maybe. Uh, loved him, but uh, the true, the true side side sub. Uh, I really like uh, Bradford. He was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, not some of the guys now. You see, like they can get it up to like ninety five from the from oh, the side or from I underneath. That's bonkers. And Brad Bradford was more like the you know the the just nasty movement eighty kind of thing, just into the eighties, and and I just love when guys are. Guys are t- chucking muffins in there that nobody can hit. It's so, so much fun to watch. Well, I, and I've brought this up too before in a few episodes, but I, I used to go to a bunch of Cannons games, and I remember the season when when Chad was with the, the Calgary Cannons, and I remember watching him pitch and just like there's no way I would ever throw like that, and little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You're like, why doesn't this guy try to make it as a real pitcher? Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> until you're one. Until you're one of us. <laughs> <laughs> until my manager asked me to drop down in pro ball. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, I yeah. guess I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Would you rather drop down or go home? <laughs> drop down, obviously. <laughs> No, he's an awesome guy too. He came out to our Mississippi camp and and just a very humble, humble human being and great guy and definitely knows a lot about pitching from down there too. No, I think I think a lot of the guys that are that are side and submariners probably know a lot about pitching because they've had to switch. First they had to get by with having subpar stuff from over the top, right? As far as whatever, whatever league they topped out at subpar might be just not quite good enough for the major leagues. Right. But uh, you know, what wasn't quite enough and they, they probably had to be smart pitchers to, to get by with, you know, less than ideal stuff at whatever level they were at. And then they go to the side and you have, you don't reboot your uh, all you've learned over the years. Right. So they, they probably were smart pitchers before and became, you know, you learn even more uh, getting to, change your whole arsenal right yeah and definitely like a lot of the guys i've connected with very appreciative of kind of that arm slot and they wouldn't have been who they are if they didn't drop down so it's pretty cool to kind of connect and you know like i said like a lot of those guys like they're very very humble and they definitely you know kind of appreciate sidearm nation so it's definitely fun to see no for sure it it is really cool that i i really like what you do uh, it's it's the the interviews are great too that's uh it's uh pretty fun pretty fun to listen to and lastly trevor probably the most important question how many more seasons in the fmba do you have left i uh, i don't know if i i didn't light my shoes on fire on the mound at the end of the year i guess like one, like one guy I know that is now back playing in the FNBA. Well, but, that, uh, I <laughs> I found a pair of cleats and just decided to try them on again. But I, I think I realized that they're going to get burned on the mound again. <laughs> no, I. You know what? I I still love being around the guys. I I'm still I don't know how, but still getting away with <laughs> what I got. Um, probably, I think I only made it to three games this year, um, in the, in the whole season, but being a pitcher, you can kind of get away with that as long as you can give the guys, you know, five or seven innings, the games you do show up. So 
every time I play, I don't want to quit because you take a few years off and you'll probably, you'll probably say it's uh, tougher to go back. Right. Uh, just taking that year off of throwing increased the chance of uh, getting hurt. So, yeah. The, the yeah, nine years yeah. in between for me, that, that was a, yeah, not ideal, not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and really tough on you. Cause you actually have muscles you can pull for me. I, I always say that I've never been hurt pitching probably because I don't throw hard enough to hurt myself and you can't pull fat. <laughs> that That's the secret. Hey, eh? to not get hurt. <laughs> oh, hundred <laughs> percent. No, thanks for coming on Trevor. Is there any shout outs before we sign off? Uh, you know, this, uh, shout out to shout out to my, uh, little league, little league minors team, uh, that we, uh, that we have going here. We have, uh, we had summer ball, had a great bunch of kids and great bunch of coaches and, uh, and, uh, same thing in the fall. We're doing fall ball right now. And it, it's just so fun to see the development of those, of those kids. It's, uh, they, they just get so much better so fast. It's crazy. <laughs> you kind of you can quickly envision them uh, leaving me in the dust. I think some of the, some of the kids are up to the fifty five miles an hour now, and they're and they're ten. It's uh, <laughs> it's not going to take long as as my speed declines. They're going to pass me in about two years. Yeah, it's definitely fun to watch some of the youth baseball, and there's definitely some good talent here in Calgary and bright future in baseball here. Yeah, no, for sure. The more the more guys like uh, yourself, the Brent Coopers, the I've coached with Troy Cleland now, like just guys who actually learned about baseball the, the proper way and can now can now teach kids. It's uh, you know it's it's invaluable. I can't imagine having had like a, a legit a legit baseball guy as as a coach as a kid. Like it's got to just make night and day difference for these guys. So. Yeah, they'll they'll be great. She said, "Decom from my land down under, where women glow and men plunder. Can't you hear? Can't you hear the thunder? Yeah. You better run. You better take cover. Yeah. You better run. You better take cover." 